0: the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin.
1: Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Freedom Forum Radio is for you, faithful listeners, no matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about about freedom, individual freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. Monday is Memorial Day, a national holiday with an interesting history and a powerful message. In 1966, President Lyndon Johnson officially declared Waterloo, New York to be the birthplace of Memorial Day. In truth, however, Memorial Day probably had many separate beginnings. A few years after the War of Northern Aggression, also known as the War Between the States and mistakenly called the Civil War, the citizens of local communities gathered either spontaneously or in planned events to honor those who had died in battle Serving our nation. In the South, even before the end of the war, organized groups of Southern ladies decorated the graves of fallen soldiers. A hymn written in 1867, entitled Kneel Where Our Loves Are Sleeping by Nyla Sweet, carried the dedication. to the ladies of the South who are decorating the graves of the Confederate dead. General John Logan, the National Commander of the Grand Army of the Republic, officially proclaimed Memorial Day on May 5, 1868, in his General Order No. 11. The first Memorial Day was observed on May 30, 1868, when flowers were placed on the graves of both Union and Confederate soldiers at Arlington National Cemetery. When I was a child, Memorial Day was still referred to as Decoration Day, remembering the actions of the ladies of the South decorating the graves of their loved ones. And of course, every town had a parade. It was a day to remember and honor those who died in war serving and protecting our nation. It was also a day to celebrate America, to proclaim the importance of our nation as the last great hope of mankind, the bastion of individual freedom. As kids, we wove red, white, and blue crepe paper into the spokes of our bicycle tires and rode in the parade through the main street of our small town. Another tradition associated with Memorial Day, wearing red poppies to honor American war dead. In 1915, inspired by the poem In Flanders Fields, Moyna Michael wrote her version of that poem. We cherish, too, the poppy red, that grows on fields where valor led. It seems to signal to the skies that blood of heroes never dies. She then conceived of an idea to wear red poppies on Memorial Day in honor of those who died serving the nation during war. She sold poppies to her friends and co workers and then donated the money to benefit servicemen in need. The selling of poppies for the benefit of disabled veterans is now the work of the veterans of foreign wars. As you would expect, some very famous speeches have been made on Memorial Day. Here are some remarks by President Ronald Reagan. I have no illusions about what little I can add now to the silent testimony of those who gave their lives willingly for their country. Words are even more feeble on this Memorial Day, for the sight before us is that of a strong and good nation that stands in silence and remembers those who were loved and who, in return... "'love their countrymen enough to die for them. "'Yet we must try to honor them, "'not for their sakes alone, but for our own. "'And if words cannot repay the debt we owe these men, "'surely with our actions we must strive to keep faith with them "'and with the vision that led them to battle "'and to final sacrifice.'" Our first obligation to them and ourselves is plain enough. The United States and the freedom for which it stands, the freedom for which they died, must endure and prosper. Their lives remind us that freedom is not bought cheaply. It has a cost. It imposes a burden. And just as they whom we commemorate were willing to sacrifice, so too must we, in a less final, less heroic way, be willing to give of ourselves. War will not come again. Other young men will not have to die if we will speak honestly to the dangers that confront us and remain strong enough To meet those dangers, it's not just strength or courage that we need, but understanding and a measure of wisdom as well. We must understand enough about our world to see the value of our alliances. We must be wise enough about ourselves to listen to our allies, to work with them, to build and strengthen the bonds between us. Our understanding must also extend to potential adversaries. We must strive to speak of them not belligerently, but firmly and frankly. And that's why we must never fail to note, as frequently as necessary, the wide gulf between our codes of morality. And that's why we must never hesitate to acknowledge the irrefutable difference between our view of man as master of the state and their view of man as servant of the state. Nor must we ever underestimate the seriousness of their aspirations to global expansion. The risk is the very freedom that has been so dearly One. The willingness of some to give their lives so that others might live never fails to evoke in us a sense of wonder and mystery. Each died for a cause he considered more important than his own life. Well, they didn't volunteer to die. They volunteered to defend values for which men have always been willing to die if need be the values which make up what we call civilization, and how they must have wished in all the ugliness that war brings that no other generation of young men to follow would have to undergo that same experience. As we honor their memory today, let us pledge that their lives, their sacrifices, Their valor shall be justified and remembered for as long as God gives life to this nation. And let us also pledge to do our utmost to carry out what must have been their wish, that no other generation of young men will ever have to share their experiences and repeat their sacrifice. Earlier today, with the music that we have heard and that of our national anthem, I can't claim to know the words of all the national anthems in the world, but I don't know of any other that ends with a question and a challenge as ours does. Does that flag still wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave? That is what we must all ask. Those are the words of President Ronald Reagan at Arlington Cemetery on Memorial Day, 1982.
0: We have to take a quick commercial break right here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. More right after the break.
1: In recent years, Memorial Day has been trivialized and its significance diminished in comparison to the recreation potential of the three-day weekend. This is part of the progressive plan to minimize the greatness of America in the minds of our fellow citizens and merge our interests with the socialist dictatorships, tyrannies, and nanny states that steal freedom from the individual. How do you thank America for the gift of freedom she has given each of us? What are you willing to give to pay back the millions who fought and died for you and your freedom? It is no longer acceptable to sit back, feet up on the Ottoman, sipping a cold one, and let others fight to preserve the freedom you take for granted. Our nation has been purposely divided into three classes. The recipient class, those whose daily existence is derived from the government, the provider class, those who are forced by that government to work to provide for the recipient class, and the ruling elite who exempt themselves from every law, every rule, and every regulation that they so carelessly and maliciously hang around our necks. There is no compromise No common ground available between those who espouse the socialist philosophy of central economic planning and wealth redistribution and those of us who know that free market economy and private property rights are the moral and constitutional basis for individual freedom. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the central government is, in fact, the moral and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Those are our rights, our natural law rights, rights that come to us from our Creator. Natural law rights impose no obligation on anyone else. They are ours by dint of our humanity. They are not given to us by government and therefore government cannot take them away. Natural law rights, because they impose no obligation on anyone else, belong to us freely. I have the right to free speech but I cannot force you to listen to me." That is what a natural law right is. Government-fabricated rights can be taken away by the government because they gave them to you. They are not true rights. That is why private property rights and the other natural law rights given to us by our Creator, are secured and protected by the Constitution. It is time to pick your side. Silence and inaction are no longer a viable option for true American patriots. As you are confronted by the memories of the young men whose shortened lives provided the freedoms you now enjoy, How can you remain unresponsive to the moral demands made by their sacrifice? I can't do that. I won't do that. The voice of Patrick Henry calls out to each of us with words whose meaning is still unmistakably clear. I know not what course of action others may choose, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. And responding to that call, our founders were willing to sacrifice their sacred honor, their fortune, their lives, to fight for the freedoms that we now enjoy today, the freedoms That they sought to protect for all times, for each of us, in a document called the Constitution. A document that was written to prevent the usurpation of power by a tyrannical central government. They gave us the tools to preserve those freedoms. The Bill of Rights, the First Amendment the Second Amendment, the Third, Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth, Seventh, and Eighth Amendment. And then to guarantee it all, they gave us the Tenth Amendment, the sovereignty of the individual states, which remains clear to this day. The states are the sovereigns. They made the Constitution. The federal government, all of its branches, are not a party to that contract. They are the creation of it. And the states retain sovereign power, and their citizens remain sovereign citizens of sovereign states. Memorial Day, a time to honor those who gave all so that we may live in freedom. We the living must never allow their ultimate sacrifice to have been in vain. This is Dr. Dan on Freedom Forum Radio.
0: And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property. That cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Call me the mischief. Call me the wind. Call me the hoodoo. Is that gift I sing. Call me the Choctaw.
1: I just love to
0: hear that old man sing
1: Yeah, when I play the hoochie-coochie man, I get joy in everything Everything,
0: everything Everything gonna be alright this morning This is another Real Estate Minute featuring the agents of Advantage Chattoog Realty. Got any great deals on Lake Chattoog Homes, Ed? I sure do, Jeff. And any buyer looking for a combination of quality, beauty, and value will find it in this five bedroom, four bath home. As you pass through the foyer, you enter a large, open, great room with a soaring cathedral ceiling, a wet
1: bar, and a floor to ceiling stack stone fireplace. The kitchen is a chef's dream with gas cooking and top of the line appliances. A second kitchen is located on the lower level, along with two bedrooms, a game room, a family room, an exercise room, and another fireplace. You know, now that I think about it, Jeff, there are way too many great features in this home to fit into a 60-second radio spot. Interested listeners can get further details and pricing information by calling our Advantage Chateau Realty office
0: at 828-389-4466. That's 828-389-4466.